welcome everyone to Locked On Rainbow Six ESL Wrap episode number something. This is a little fill episode we're putting in in replace of one that we will be away. So we're just having a bit of a chat with the beautiful, the amazing Dev Marta. How are you going, mate? Really good, Pete. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be able to chat to you again. Yeah, and this is a little bit more of a uh, more intimate uh, setting, which is really good. So um, rather than having all those other lunatics talking to you, it's going to be just me and you for, for half an hour. So um, I guess really exciting stuff. We just heard last time we talked to you that you were heading over to the Invitational, uh, getting up on the big stage to stand up in front of many, many thousands of people and millions of people across the globe. Nothing scary at all about it, but <laughs> you've done that now. How was What was it like flying over there knowing that, all this was about to happen for that what was it 17 hour flight you had to do oh it was it was longer than 17 but it was uh it, it was overall you know it was it was pretty surreal um it's my first time I've, I've been on a flight that long so the first flight I took from Melbourne direct to Vancouver was about yep. 15 and then the second one was about five after that so it oh, felt like yep. 20 hours of, of flights because it was and you know uh going out on an airplane and uh, early Wednesday morning and arriving, you know, having 20 hours and then arriving Wednesday evening, it, it's kind of screws with your brain a little bit because there's a lot of time spent on the airplane, which I didn't actually get to sleep at all. Um, yep. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, kicking off with a, uh, a really surreal experience of, of that airplane. And then obviously following up with, uh, you know, similar experiences, surreal after, you know, one, one after another, actually being at the event so did you what games did you actually get to watch live in the lead up to it you left on the wednesday the matches the quarters were on the friday from memory yeah so um it was yeah so obviously i had a uh i rocked up a day earlier because we had rehearsals and i actually rocked up the day before rehearsals but only in the evening so when i when i arrived i went straight from the airport to the venue itself this is the group stages venue which is separate to where the actual you know invitational itself was held um yes but those group stage matches uh, there was still a i believe two more going on so when i when i got there there was an i think a nora rango match still going and then there was the mocket versus team liquid match uh to decide who would make it through from that group which was ongoing and there were a lot of players and, and staff sitting around waiting for that one but as before I left um, obviously there were a couple of matches that went on while I was in the air so I couldn't watch those until I got back it got into Montreal and, and had some free time of which there really wasn't very much of <laughs> yes but, and, yeah and even in the lead up to uh, to heading over you know a lot of the matches were when I really should have been sleeping or when I was doing other things because uh, I did have other commitments that I had to do before heading over there um so i actually uh, I, I got as much uh downloaded as many of the vods as possible and i actually spent most of my time on the airplane just watching all of the different vods from the the previous matches from the early group stages just to see you know maybe i'd have a little bit of a better idea of uh, how some of these teams would be going yeah definitely so that's if you're out there wanting to get into casting this is the kind of dedication you have to put <laughs> in unfortunately so to be one of the best in the world so 12 Casters got invited to the invitation. Is that memory? Five, ten, I think, was the broadcast crew. Yeah. I can't remember. If, maybe it was twelve. I, honestly, I don't even know if I can find that graphic anymore. It's so far That's, up. My, there was there was a large, a small number compared to how many are out there, but uh, a very good showing anyway. And you were amongst that. That's the main thing. And yeah. your role was basically on the anal- analytics desk. So yeah. you and two others. Who were the two others you were with? I can't. 
for the life of me, brains not working. So Milos, who's the uh, he yes. he's one of the main casters for the the uh, pro league itself. He lives in in Katowice, Poland, with the other uh, main pro league casters and cast the regular season matches. He was the desk host. His job is essentially just to uh, cue all of the various uh, things that we need to talk about. So production will have set of graphics that we have to follow, you know, schedule, a standings graphic. Here's the top operators in, in this, la di la di la And he has to cue all those different things and generate a conversation. And he'll prompt myself and the other analyst, Zeronic, uh, to talk about that. And Zeronic, of course, fairly well-known in the Siege community. He's uh, from Denmark. He's actually was a former player. He played yep. in uh, year one, season three. So if we're up to season nine now, this is six wow. seasons ago, he played in the grand <laughs> final and lost to what is now called... Uh, Evil Genius is then known as Continuum. And yeah, Zeronic played for a team called Playing Ducks, which is uh, now kind of similar to uh, Secret. Team Secret is kind of the legacy okay. of that team. I think we'll get onto name changes towards the end of the podcast. Oh, man, there's been a bit of yeah. that happening at the moment. <laughs> and it's um, it's fun to keep up with anyway. But okay, so you got to, to be on the main stage, what, three times a day, two times a day minimum, depending on... Um, obviously, yeah. the grand final day was a little bit hectic with such long matches. But mm. uh, how many how many thousands of people were in that crowd when you were getting to talk of your stuff? So I heard the figure three thousand. I'm not sure if yeah. that was true, but I, I think that was approximately it. Yeah, it, it's wow. uh, it was pretty insane. I've the the only time I've really performed like that in in front of a crowd like that would have been at uh, PAX just last yeah. year for Six Masters, which. No, there wasn't a ton of seating, but there were a huge number of people uh, standing and, and it, it was that kind of vibe of people actually cheering between rounds incredibly loudly. Um, whereas for Invitational, it was that on steroids. You know, it was to the power yes, of, 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 of 10. Uh, it was uh, crazy. And after every time there was a team you know, got a kill, you know, the, the crowd would go crazy, especially for the teams that they really were um, favoring. Evil Geniuses and, and Nora Rango, I think, were the, the crowd favorites. So I was, was, uh, was going to say, what was the atmosphere when Nora Rango was on there? Because I know watching it, um, it was it looked like it was just coming through the screen. Like They oh, are just a brilliant team to watch and just to be around. I know you're friends with a lot of them. So yeah. um, what was that experience like being close to them and then seeing that crowd react to them as, as they did? It's it's it was amazing because I've seen Norengo at so many events. You know, the first time we ever saw Norengo play, for the first time I met them, and obviously Kazoku, their coach, who's really friendly, even though he doesn't speak a ton of English, he's always yep. making effort, and that's going back to way back. It was actually the first time I met them was at my first LAN event for the season six APAC finals, which was about uh, a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. Um. Yep. And. They lost to Fnatic at that event, but you know they they know they were kind of nobodies to to a lot of the English uh, speaking viewers who don't watch the Japanese broadcasts. And yep. then you know the next time we saw them, they they didn't perform that well again. And then finally, you know they had an international appearance, and and then this time around, it, it they were I've I've got to say it they were the favorite team at the mm-hmm. events for the for the local audience. It was a primarily North American audience. And here we have this Japanese home crowd APAC team being a, a team favorite. So no one cheered as loud as they cheered for Norengo. It was pretty amazing because I've seen how far they've come from all of the events they've attended in the past. Yeah, definitely. So we got to experience them at PAX as well, where they narrowly went down to Fnatic in that mm-hmm. final. But uh, how many times did you do the Norengo dance just out of interest? <laughs> Every five seconds. <laughs> as it soon as I was off like... the camera, I was, I was doing it. 
Yeah, even like some of the devs when they did some of the interviews behind the scenes, they they're yeah. doing it as well. So oh, it was just great to see how much they've influenced oh, yeah. um, the community at the moment. And then um, I guess was was a highlight of your experience. We actually finally got to cast for the uh, East versus West All Stars game. That's a really good question because um, I had actually I attended the event not having any idea that I would cast because I was yep. you know asked to be an analyst. And I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky. Obviously, this isn't casting, which is what I usually do, but I'm really, really lucky and I'm really happy to, to go and work on this. But um, it was actually only on the day that it was kind of decided because Flynn was feeling a bit unwell. Uh, he was the oh, one okay. casting with Emzo. He was, he, him and Emzo were meant to do that that uh, show match, but he Flynn wasn't feeling so great and um, he didn't seem too keen on the idea of casting it. And Emzo, who I'm, I'm fairly close with now, he kept telling me, you know, do you, do you want to cast this one? Like, Flynn doesn't want to, you know, you should see if you want to do it. And I, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes at all. I felt yeah. like, because I'm the new kid on the block, you know, these guys have all worked together before. I didn't want to be like, hey, Flynn, you know, give me your spot in, in, the, in the spotlight, because otherwise Flynn's not actually doing any casting that entire day. But uh, yeah, with Emzo's yeah. encouragement, I, I worked up the, the courage and, and we talked about it and Flynn was more than happy for me to to cast it and then we talked to production we cleared it with them and uh yeah Emso is my champion pretty much <laughs> <laughs> wow that's that's a fairly fairly long process to get to what was um a brilliant what half an hour of game oh, uh, now I end up only <laughs> I was getting so nervous <laughs> I didn't show it, did it, not it was show. funny right at the start it was it was because oh, it was amazing finally actually getting i don't know if you really saw where the casters were standing but they're up top weren't they above yeah, the it's, analyst it's, desk yeah yeah so the analyst desk was not really intimate on the stage so every bit of action on the stage all of the orchestra you felt that at the analyst desk but the casting uh spot was really different the casting booth was actually above the crowd kind of in the middle yeah. of the crowd on this podium so you can do a 360 degrees uh, like turn and you, you just see the entire venue, the entire crowd, you see everything um, and you're kind of on top of the world. Whereas in the analyst desk, you're in the spotlight at the bottom. So it's, it yeah. was quite quite a contrast, but it's funny, not actually casting was the thing that, that made me nervous, but um, it, I was told, you know, me and Emzo were having a chat and he's like, oh, do you want to host it? And I said, yeah, sure. I'm happy to do the intro and host it. But um, I was really nervous because when we were th- like thrown to from the stage and they said, hey, let's go talk to the casters, I, I was just not prepared. And I didn't <laughs> hear the line that says, casters live, you can start talking now. And oh, so wow. I just kind of stood there and Emzo just saved me by, by doing the intro. And then for the oh, next nice. like three minutes, I was just really, uh, really rusty and, and frazzled. But I, I got into it and it was a, it was a really good time. Or I guess calling things like mag, knife fighting um, a few guys <laughs> tends to get the cobwebs out pretty quickly, I guess, yeah. as well. Yeah, um, and and stuff like Walker um, seemed to be the star of the show as well in that, especially in that All-Stars match. I, oh, yeah. It was so fun to watch. And um, getting back to this final, though, uh, we talked about it, sort of mentioned it at the start, longest ever f- final map in history. What were you thinking watching it go to the the 24th and 25th match? It was uh, the thing that everyone I can tell you at the venue was thinking, especially all of the people involved in the broadcast is, oh my God, we are going to be here all night. (laughs) (laughs) What have we done? (laughs) Yeah. What have we done? uh, Enabling unlimited overtime. I'm, you know, I'm sure if you looked at some of the, you know, the UB high ups, they would have had, you know, know, pale white faces looking at this 40 round count. Um, it was, it was just pretty intense. It's like, 
you know, things have highs and lows and that kind of regulates the momentum of of an event or, or a show that's going on. But it, every single round that went on, it's just like, oh, it's another round and you have to get one step more excited and, and there was yep. one step more hype. It was it was really, uh, really amazing to, to be there. Well, there was never really a, a spot where you looked like one team was definitely just going to walk out and, and take this. Mm-hmm. It just seemed to be they were going to win and then they were going to win and then just went back and forth. It was, yeah, quite quite ominous. But obviously that sort of broke uh, the back of Team Empire and, and G2 obviously went on to win. Yeah, well, I think part of that was that Empire actually were the first ones to be on match point before we hit overtime. Empire had the match point and then yep. G2 evens it up and then throughout the entire... I don't know, what is it, 15 rounds of overtime or something that we had? Yes. G2 were actually, it was always G2 match point and then yeah. deuce, you know, even. And then G2 match point and then even. It never got back to Empire match point, which no. um, was, was the, I think, the one of the things that would have weighed in on their minds. And then, of course... Oh, yeah, definitely. At no stage yeah. did they have the chance to win it. They always were defending it, which yeah, yeah can get, get, get to you mentally, unfortunately, uh, yeah. after however many hours that was. Um, oh yeah, but there obviously G two went on to win that crowd, the Invitational being there. How how what was the atmosphere like? <clears throat> Explain it to me. <laughs> so when G two won and they came out on stage and the music started going off and everyone, it was it was the it was like the eye of the storm. There was there was yep. a, a few minutes when Matt was talking to them on stage and everything was calm and you just you're thinking. Uh, I was thinking I've flown you know, 20 hours to get here. Is this, is it all done? Is This is really the common, pardon me, I need to sneeze. Yeah, okay. I know, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You're good, you're good, that's okay. <laughs> I think, well, I'm sure it'll, it'll come back to surprise me at some point. Um, you know, it's like, this is the culmination of everything and it's it takes a, a little while to process and then a couple seconds later, G2 walks up to the, that sledgehammer and they, they, you know, Cancer raises it in the air and the entire stadium exploded. <laughs> Uh, yep. quite literally because there was the um the smoke machines and the wind machines and the confetti and at confetti there wasn't a small amount of confetti i can tell you that for yeah, sure look- because it was all over me <laughs> i look i was i was actually filming on my phone um and you know i i look up and the confetti is shooting out of the stage and it just keeps going and then i look upwards and it, there's a literal cloud of confetti i don't think i could really see the roof and it's just yep. falling on me <laughs> <laughs> and, and all over the desk and um all of the the media so all of the um you know the people with cameras and they yep. just walked up onto the stage right next to the analyst desk where we were uh right up next to us which was for the first time because we had it would been really uh you know there hadn't been anyone standing near us before that but you know right on the final i guess they said that the media could walk on the stage and they just came up and it was it was crowded it was um really intense and that never really stopped, even after the show was stopped, because there were so many staff and media standing around and fans as well. You know, we, we were, um, I signed a, a Jaeger helmet, actually, <laughs> after yep. that, like on the stage, because someone <laughs> had their Jaeger cosplay. And, uh, you know, it, it never really stopped at that point. It was, it was at full blast for such a long time. Wow, definitely a once in a lifetime experience, or maybe not a once in a lifetime, but definitely an experience that you won't forget. It was, for yeah, a long it was time. pretty amazing. I've never been to anything like it. So we we touched on Nora before. Now being the APAC man on the on the show, you must have been super proud when you got to 
rock oh, yeah. up on the, that that first day and just go yes, Fnatic versus Nora. <clears throat> Obviously disappointing that someone had to go home, but yeah. what was the buzz around APAC itself on that first day? Everyone loved Nora Rango. Um, everyone really did, and it it was so nice to feel um, really validated as a region for APAC yeah. because, of course, in the past it's been discarded. APAC, you know, the first team to get first rounded. Um, yeah all that kind of jazz. And we really had disproved that by getting two of our teams into the, the finals. Yeah. And uh, it was also because the opening ceremony to the event was such a, a special time. It was, it, it's amazing when Justin Kruger walks onto the stage and says, G'day everybody, I'm Justin Kruger. Welcome to the Six Invitational. And all that. Um, and you know, Matt Andrews, <laughs> it's a good impression. <laughs> Uh, you, you, everyone loves doing the Justin Kruger impressions. He's he's a yep. legend. Um, um, and you know the we had the Matt Andrews on the stage, and and the big thing for me was that orchestra. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure whether the the recording did it justice. I think it did a, a really good job. But I was standing at the analyst desk, so close to that orchestra, just a few meters away. And um, I've I've always loved music. I've always loved orchestras and. Um, being that close to the orchestra and it being two APAC teams that were playing in the first match and um, and it was my first event, I it, it was overwhelming to the point where I was actually uncontrollably there was there was there was some kind of water coming out of my eyes and I couldn't. Really, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I couldn't control. <laughs> and um, so and then straight after that, it's uh, on the desk and Milos says, "All right." Here are two APAC teams. Here's our APAC expert, Dev. What do you think? And that was another thing where um, obviously our, our region was validated. Now I, I could validate myself by saying, yes, actually, I am the expert on mm-hmm. this particular match. And, and here are my thoughts. Here are my predictions. And um, that was a really special moment for me as well. I was going to say, did did all of the behind the scenes crew and everyone sort of lean on you for advice when, when they saw how big APAC was going to be in that? first day of finals yeah i did i did have a couple of people ask me some questions i think uh, matt andrews uh because he obviously had to do the post-match interviews and he would kind of ask me some questions and be like oh just just to confirm you know is this true um yeah. i'm not it's not like i was you know the official consultant or anything because no. these guys did their research um and they have a lot more LAN experience than me and event experience than i do but they did um, you know, I did feel like my opinion was was valued, and my experience and knowledge of these teams was really valued by the rest of the the staff. That'd be such a humbling experience to have people like that coming to you, though. Um, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so we're seeing now Fnatic and uh, Nora building up a fairly big rivalry now. Although August mm. seems to be pushing their mm. their skill level at the moment as well, which is really good for the scene itself. But Nora and Fnatic are pretty good friends, is my understanding oh, of this. Really good friends. Um, yeah, and uh, Dizzle from Fnatic, he's uh, he's told me he learned Japanese in yeah. high school or something. So he's really into Japanese, and uh, the whole team, as you can see from their social medias, they're super into Japanese, and they they make Japanese tweets all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the two teams really tight knit. Um, they always hang out with each other. You know, they're after their match, you know. Nor Rengo had defeated Fnatic, and then I walked up through the the concourse at the event, and I saw you know Nor Rengo and Fnatic hanging out, you know, signing stuff together for fans. Um, it's it was great to see, and that's one of the things I love, and I've seen it at multiple LAN events. Two teams yep. who you know one A defeats B, and then at the end, it happened just this weekend at Oceanic Cup. I think it was um, 
I, th- I think it was Extricity and, and Orglis, but they, they were they yes. were talking afterwards and and in behind in the behind the scenes in the player area. One of the players was like, "Oh, you did this, and it was so smart. You know, well done. That was a really good play, and and this kind of thing." And I just I love seeing that level of respect because obviously these people are out playing for you know huge sums of money, but at the same time they have so much respect for the game and respect for each other because each of them are so uh, competent at the game. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we'll talk about Oceanic Cup. You were there on the weekend. Unfortunately, uh, we haven't seen much of it yet, but we will catch yeah. it up fairly soon. Now, obviously, Auglis took out the championship, took out the money, but I want to talk to you about Extricity first because that's Go the one it. we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks uh, or last couple of months pretty much since they entered the summer series and started really pushing an agenda there. What's it like seeing these young kids take it uh, to the big pro league sides all the way through this competition or this summer, basically? It was really, really nice. Um, you know, a lot of the time in these events, you'll see a couple of new faces because there might be some roster changes on some teams, but you know, it's the same, the same people most of the time. You know, I know the Fnatic players now. I know the, the yeah. former dark sided players. I know the Orglis uh, guys. Because I've seen them all at events before, but Extricity, uh, you know, each and every one of them, actually, no, take that back, Shabs I'd actually met before uh, at the Zenland events in Melbourne. But, you know, yeah. they, they were all these guys who'd never been to an event like this before. And, um, they, you know, seeing that kind of excitement of their, it being their first event, obviously they, they were probably a bit intimidated. Um, you know, coming to your first event and being, you know, younger than most of the people there, that's how I felt when I went to my first event because I was one of the youngest uh, there. And... So I, I can kind of relate to how they they feel, and I just really enjoyed seeing them get get a chance to to be involved and really develop a name for themselves. Digital especially, I, I've been chatting to him a bit more recently, and you know he's a really good bloke. He's you know try works really hard as does the whole team, and it was great to see them there. And I'm sure we'll see them at, at other events in the future as well. Now they're all under eighteen at the moment, aren't they? Uh, technically not all of them. So the roster was okay. all under eighteen players, except and then Arlo turned eighteen, so Arlo is now okay. eighteen. But then yep. Tigers, who is I believe sixteen, couldn't make it to the event, so Shabs came in to replace him, and Shabs came from Oddity, so he's over uh, eighteen. Okay, yes. So um, so it's just three who are under eighteen, but I, I still think you know that that none of them have ever been to an event like this before, so it, it yep. still has that. To it and then three of them being under 18 um it's, it's a, a chance to kind of show show to their parents who might not know what they do you know i i know some some parents of of like high level players just think oh you know i know that he, he like yeah he, he plays a game or something it's i don't quite <laughs> understand it but and you know these guys are you know some of the best in the world and so getting that, that opportunity to say hey mom hey dad i just won this much money participating yeah, three in the grand event. just for being yeah. a the, the one of the top two or well, top four sides in in yeah. rainbow six in australia that's yeah. a phenomenal ex, uh, experience i was we were talking about it last monday hopefully that we see them all come up together but obviously the age gap looks like they might get picked off by a few pro league sides as yeah. they come through i don't know the the, the, guy, the team's been the, the core of the team has been together for a really long time they've played together since playstation and so i i honestly think that they probably will come up together um oh, that'll be good might see one or two changes but i i expect they'll go into pro league under the name extricity unless they get you know change orgs but i expect they'll enter into pro league together once they do come of age excellent it'll be really good to see so obviously then we had the old ex-atletico slash now orglis playing fanatic once again for an australian title 
Um, yeah. How did this go? Because what was the match? Like? Was it, it on paper? It looked like August just walked over them. Um, yes. Obviously, it was probably a bit closer than that in the in the actual game. Yeah, it, it was, um, and I think that it was really hyped up to be a Fnatic sided match. It, the the way the, the the event felt like it's okay. Fnatic are really really good, but we know August are pretty good too, so they stand a chance. And like maybe like it's it's a possibility that August will win this, but yep. um, and I think well, that I have maybe... beat them on multiple occasions. And Fnatic has a roster change, a significant yeah. roster change at the moment. So you know, yeah. Well, it's... I mean, both both of the teams have had roster changes as well. So mm, I wouldn't yes. I wouldn't play too much on that because you know the, the roster that played at the event was the same for Fnatic was the same roster that played at the Invitational. It was Virtue. okay. That's what I was worried wondering yeah. about. Yeah. So cool. it was Virtue who played throughout the entire event. So you can't say oh Fnatic lost only because they had a roster change and Spec is in. No. Nah. No, it was it was the same Invitational roster that got that beat Reciprocity in phase. So you can't uh, use that as an excuse. Um, and I believe it's it's been more recent since that roster change for Fnatic that August picked up Diesel and Salix went to coach. So it's actually August yes. who have had the more recent roster change and have had to kind of learn how to deal with that, um, and which to which they performed really well. Um, the first map was, in my eyes, always going to be August sided because it was Bank, yep. uh, and I don't want to spoil too much, but um, <laughs> because the it, the stream will release, but yes. Um, Oh, I know this isn't going to release uh, for this no. podcast. So probably won't be... release for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we no. can talk about it. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about it. All right. So first map was Bank, and on paper, Atletico have been sorry, Orglas have been destroying on Bank for a really long time. The grand final of the Summer Series, they destroyed uh, their ex Darkside now Mind Freak roster seven to one, um, and you know they, they that was when they had Specker as well. So that was a really strong roster that August destroyed and. All of this is just really good on bank. You know, don't take, don't try yeah. and play them on bank. And um, <laughs> my, the way I, I saw, and then Constant was a second match, and Constant was really good. Uh, August did some some interesting things that I talked to them about after. Some really smart, clever strategies that they had developed. Some of them last minute, some of them more pre pre prepared. Um, yeah. So, for example, they banned IQ on Constant, which you think banning IQ that's not something you see every day. Maybe banning. Know Valkyrie or Blackbeard on consulate, but banning IQ that what's that for? And it it actually had a huge effect on Fnatic, at least from an outsider perspective. Um, so seeing August come into it with these kinds of smart ideas, and they knew what Fnatic was going to do every step of the way. It just looked yep. like they'd been watching every single Fnatic match and saying, "Oh, we know that this person sits here. We know that that person sits there. So let's just we know that this person likes to flank up there approximately this time. So we're going to cut that off." And they're going to walk into us and we're going to get a free kill. And that's what it looked like August were doing the whole time. Whereas Fnatic, it looked like they were just playing their game. They weren't actually thinking, okay, this is August we're coming up against. This is how August play. This is how we're going to counter that. We know how they're playing. It just, it looked like August had treated Fnatic with so much respect. And, um, and they were intimidated by the match. They did their homework. They did so much homework. And I don't want to, you know, make, you know, uh, I don't want to, um, smear fanatic or anything but it just it looked like they hadn't done the homework and that's why yeah. august made it i mean i still think august could have won uh even if uh you know fanatic had some counters for them but the reason it was so one-sided i think was because of that preparation that august had and fanatic didn't yep definitely that makes sense completely um fanatic so. though <laughs> fanatic um <clears throat> generally 
fairly strong on Conchil. That's why I was a little bit shocked to see yeah. that they went down that second second map uh, quite easily. And well, that's but, what yeah, look, yeah. I was gonna say that's Sorry. what everyone talked about on the on the analyst desk before the matches started. Um, you know, we'd been chatting with casters before saying, yeah, no, isn't Fennec good on Conchil? Okay, so you know, <laughs> why would August do well? I looked at the stats, and August are actually undefeated on on Consulate in the last several months. Oh wow! Um, okay. So yeah, Fnatic are good, but they've they dropped a draw against Oddity on the map, and yet we we've remember them doing really good things on Consulate, and that we remember them performing strongly. But look at the raw stats, and that's even in August's favor as well. Wow! There you go. That's why you are the best in the business. <laughs> um, Thanks. So. Look, uh, I'm really excited to see this, and obviously now when it's live, everyone will have caught up on it. Um, we are basically at the end of uh, Pro League season. By the time you mm-hmm. hear this, it'll be Pro APAC final will actually be over. How are you seeing this season run so far? Uh, well, it's some things have been really expected, and some things haven't been. Um, I don't want to. I'll start with the most expected things. I don't want to throw any shade here, but. Um, TBD, X Loki are at the bottom. Uh, it mm-hmm. looks like it was going to be between them and X Nilio. Um, yep. And I don't know which way it'll turn out. Probably going to be, I think, TBD at, at the bottom, which I don't want to sound too harsh, but that is kind of expected to me just looking at their track record and the fact that they lost two players this season. It's very difficult yes. for them. So, you know, I uh, sympathize with them, but I won't be surprised if they do make it through Challenger League and, and stay back they in the Pro back. League. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because that's what they did last season as well. They- they were putting up a good effort at the start of the season. It's yeah. a shame to see that that change mid-season, and and they definitely don't look like they they're going through that's out pick mm. as well. So yeah, it's uh, um, it's rough for them. Yeah. Um. And I mean, the other one that was kind of down there was Ex Nilio, but yes. they obviously the matches haven't been live yet. But by the time we're talking about this, they the Six Oceanic Cup will be live. Though the matches, the performances from uh, Ex Nilio against Fnatic were really really good. They played so well. And that was on LAN as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them you know, stick around and continue developing strongly, especially now that they've had the opportunity to meet up in person and, um, and build that level of rapport as well. Yep. Um, I think that that will really, really help them out. Vaughn are so hit and miss because last week in the Pro League, this is another thing that hasn't been broadcast yet, but it will be very soon. Uh, Avon played so well against Oddity and almost beat them and then Todd 1v5'd them. Uh, I saw that clip. I yeah. was, um, yeah, blown away. Blown My away. reaction on the broadcast is still how I feel about that. And it was, Avant were doing so well all day. And then they they had within their grasp, defeating Oddity, who was my pick to be third place this season. Yep. And Avant got overconfident and threw it away, which was really sad to see. But Which I has almost that... been the story of Oddity up to this point as well. Yeah. So it was role reversal completely. Yeah. Um, so, Avon, I, I know they're a really good team and they put a lot yes. of work in. Um, and I know that they are going to, they have been gradually improving. And I think they will continue to gradually improve. But there are just a couple of um, maybe kind of realities that have to hit them. And I think that experiences like that, where they essentially lose two points uh, going from a win to a draw in the standings, um, because of that, you know, that happens to them. And I think they have kicked themselves into gear and they'll realize. And, yep. Um, I think that'll, you know, more experiences like that, the, the, they'll make less of those mistakes and we will see them continue to develop really strongly. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously the top, top four's pretty, been pretty 
consistent mm-hmm. so far. Um, it, it was pretty predictable. Sorry, uh, with August seemed to be the more um, the side that is going to come out on top at this stage, but Fnatic is obviously going to be the other team up there. Um, yep. Oddity, I hear, are petitioning for draws to be banned from the Pro League since they've got <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> oh man, poor Oddity. Look, Six at the very least, this season. It's, yeah, it's, it's hey, it's it's slow and steady, right? You get the points up. And That's it. <laughs> might not be many points, but you get a couple <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one for for Oddity on the draws, especially in some of the cases when you know they have been up and then lost, but yep. lost a couple of rounds and fall into a draw. But it's also worked in their favor. You know, they would have lost against Avan if they they hadn't drawn it out. So, you know, Oddity are a really good team who have been really consistent. Um, and from the match last week against Avant, uh, they played really well. They have a lot of good things prepared, but Avant, the way that Avant managed to get an upper hand against Oddity was Avant had uh, more confidence and were more just uh, reactive in, in terms of you know ability to just go in and make a quick frag or a quick entry. Here's something unpredictable, whereas Oddity, who used to play a bit more like that, have slipped into maybe a bit more of a... a um, uh, a set play style where they they have a clear idea of what they're going to do and sometimes it's a bit slow to react when things change but i know that oddity do have the ability to play more reactively and so i'm sure that they'll continue to get really good and i don't i don't won't be surprised if they're top three next season uh okay. yeah I, I won't be surprised if they're top three next season so since this is coming out just after the apex finals who who won on the weekend mate on What's apex finals yeah uh not to put you on the spot or anything. It's it's hard. Um, <laughs> it honestly, is. it's going to be probably the most competitive APAC line event we've had ever, in my opinion. Especially now that August has demonstrated they are really strong. Um, I'm haven't watched as many of the Southeast Asia, Korea, Japanese matches, but you know I've got a feeling Xavier are potentially you know looking to be one of the best, if not the best, in uh, in the region, and they didn't get to participate at the last line event due to visa issues, so. Um, okay. This will be a great opportunity for Xavier to really show off. Um, I wouldn't want to count out Mantis either. They had a good performance at Invitational, despite not making the main stage, and you know, so recently had a victory at the uh, the Six Challenge Career, which was a a huge. I believe it was twenty one thousand dollars US. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was massive. Yeah, yeah five hundred spectators. Like, that's fantastic. I'm so happy for them, yeah. and they could take it. Uh, Fnatic could take it. You know, Fnatic are hit and miss. They play them. In my opinion, when Fnatic play at their best, they play like the best team and one of the best teams in the world. Um, but they also show up sometimes like they haven't done their homework or there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, and so hard to, to put all my money on them. Uh, Norengo as yeah. well could do really well. But I think we've seen some oh, other yes. Japanese teams step up. I believe Cyclops, that's CAG, Cyclops Athlete Gaming, have also been performing yeah. really well this season. So, uh, look, it's it, I don't want to pick anyone because it's it's a hard <laughs> one. <laughs> Okay, no problems. I won't force you to do it, but it'll be interesting. I'm going Xavier. I'll lock it in. Xavier won this last weekend. There we go. Well (laughs) done. Good pick. That's amazing how you picked that out so so far in advance. Um, No, look, the the great thing we're seeing now is that APAC is just getting stronger and stronger every season, which is the the big winner for everyone is just APAC being able to get so so many good teams out there. And as you said, Mantis, we didn't really talk about them in the Invitational, but gee, they did well against G2 on that first day and... Yeah. Just yeah, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, we're in the wor- the worst pool they could possibly fall into. <laughs> that's okay. They <laughs> yeah, they did well. Much. They 
It was, I, it was, I do want to see them get picked up by someone eventually because they are yeah. just a, an exciting team as well. So Yeah, and that's why I'm, I'm glad for them because the local scene in Korea is getting a bit more love. Um, yes. Obviously, some investment there with Six Challenge Korea, um, and I, I hope to see that continuing because I completely agree it would be really nice to see them because they do so much work. They, they do so much work. It is, I cannot emphasize that enough. The last time I saw them at an APAC LAN event was the Invitational Qualifier, which they won. Mm, and yes. they, their strat book, they had a, I was in their apartment. Um, they had a strat book for every team at the event. Just in case they'd run into them. And it was, Just in yeah, case they would run into them. It, you it could was tell, they, they were clinical. It was, yeah. they, they just, they knew everything. They, they, they put in so much work and I, I just have so much respect for those players, especially since... The, the line that we used to take for Mantis is, oh, you know, they're, they're really good at, at shooting people and they're really good fraggers, but they don't have a brain. So when they're versus some actually good teams, they'll lose. Because that was what people were saying when they first, when Mantis first showed up at a line event and took second place uh, and defeated Mind Freak, now known as Fnatic. But they put in so much work and they are just so mature as a team and, and have such a good work ethic that I know that they'll go far. Okay. So, so speaking of name changes just quickly, do you think there's going to be a point where we're not seeing so many name changes mid-season? Oh, yeah. We've got yeah. to obviously mature a bit more. We've, I mean, it, it takes uh, a it's while. The only, yeah, it's only the downside I've got at the moment is obviously roster changes and, and name changes mid-season. I'd prefer to see that at the start of the season. But, okay. yeah, we just... We obviously, as a as ANZ itself obviously matures, we we should get rid of this. But yeah, hopefully we see the end of it fairly soon. Because as we keep on saying, this team that used to be that team that like Mind yeah. Freak's the big one. Yeah, there've been there've so, been three teams in the last twelve months, eighteen, oh, 18 months. So. so we're actually in ANZ. We're only just catching up, doing something that North America did ages back, and then uh, Latin America also did. So we obviously, we now have Mind Freak who have had three Rosses in the scene. They've had all kinds of teams and it's very confusing. You say Mind Freak Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, but the same hack <laughs> happened about oh, maybe a year ago with uh, with Black Dragons, the org from Latin America, who yep. used to have the team now known as Ninjas in Pajamas. Yes. Uh, and then they picked up a different team. Oh, sorry, no, even before that, they had Team Liquid and then they, <laughs> they had Ninjas in Pajamas. And then they had a different roster, which they still have. So they've been through just as many rosters as Mind Freak have. And then in North America, you had uh, Most Wanted and Vertical Gaming, who had so many different rosters, I can't even remember. I can't even differentiate the various rosters at this point. Um, and then since then, in those regions, we've seen the scene mature a lot more. Obviously, now we have uh, in Latin America, Immortals, Team Liquid, NIP, FaZe. Those yep. orgs aren't going anywhere any, anytime soon. Uh, those are really top-notch orgs uh, sponsoring these teams, investing in the long term. They all have uh, merchandise you can purchase in the game. They're part of the revenue-sharing program, and they you know, support their teams incredibly strongly. And we consistently see these teams at global events. All four of those, I believe, were at yeah. Invitational, even if only one of them made it through to the main stage. And it's, uh, it's about the maturity of the, the scene itself. And we will get there in ANZ. At the moment, we only have one org in the scene, which you know you can confidently say will be there forever, pretty much. And that's yeah. Fnatic. Yeah. Um, but in ANZ, we're also at this point where players and teams are wanting salaries because it yes. it requires so much time to actually be good enough to compete with Fnatic and uh, the other sub regions in APAC 
that they don't have enough time to also work a you know, full-time job and support themselves. And you know, they, they're treating it like a job and they want to receive you know, payment like it's a job. And a lot of orgs in Australia aren't ready for that yet. Um, we will see some breakthrough. Uh, it's just uh, a, a slow process, especially since Australian esports as a whole doesn't have a ton of teams across any game that, that is supported to that level. No, definitely. Uh, we are seeing, obviously, the, the best, biggest thing that can help with that is more competitions with more prize money so people can yep. um, get more return or yep. orgs can get more return. Now, I'm just trying to find it now, but there you basically, Ubisoft Australia announced today or yesterday this new university league. Or oh, yeah. Uh, do you want yeah. to explain that in a little bit for the people that it'll already sure. be out by the time you get to it? So AEL is uh, Australian Esports League. It's a company a tournament organizer that's been running for, I believe, a few years now. Uh, they run competitions across various games. They have high school leagues and university leagues. They actually now have a corporate league uh, where oh, wow. you can get your company. <laughs> you can represent oh, wow. your company with a team. I, I really want to convince uh, Ubisoft to field a team. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be funny. As, but, uh, yeah, so they've been around for a while and they're really You need to convince them. I've been asking for this in all esports for a long time, but a Masters yeah. League, so an over 35s. That's yeah. what you need to get in. I think it would be great to see something like that. Yeah. Um, I'd be, I'd still suck at it, but that's okay. I just want to see it happen. <laughs> Give me something to aim for. But yeah, so this got announced today $6,000 yeah. for the University Cup split through semester one and semester two. It's huge. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, this is, uh, I guess you could kind of say uh, amateur level competition in the fact that we don't really have many established university teams that we know compete on a national level. But yeah. this prize pool is an amateur level prize pool. This is some serious stuff to get people going and, and create some more activity in universities uh, about the game, which I think is fantastic. Um, I actually kind of missed out on uh, on attending a university and having that university life experience because I was only at, at unis for a short amount of time. But mm-hmm. I, so many of my friends are at uni or have been at uni and uh, you know, talk so much about the lifestyle there and about all the clubs they're in. My girlfriend is in the netball club and on the netball committee. And um, if I was at uni, or if I had That's been to uni, be. yeah, I'd be I'd be in the esports club and I'd be on the esports committee. Uh, sure. And it's great to see that that this is happening. And I, I I've been talking to some unis locally near where I live, unis that I used to attend, um, and you know, seeing what kind of activity is going. And it's really great to see that people you know, making stuff happen. And also the fact that uh, this AEL University League will be very nationalized. There'll be events all across Australia. Oh, that's good to hear. Very good to hear. So more of that kind of stuff. And I know Ubisoft Australia is working in the background to try and make more things like this a reality as well. Um, so I've taken you for way too much of your time. I really <laughs> apologize for going. Oh, like right. I really enjoyed having there. a chat to you. Uh, no, it's been good. So Dev, can you tell the people out there who do tend to listen to the show where they can find you if they don't know already? Oh, sure. So um, I'm Dev Marta, James Stewart. I uh, On Twitter and most other things, I am either Dev Marta or Dev Marta Casts. So Dev Marta is taken for some reason on Twitter. So I am <laughs> D-E-V-M-A-R-T-A-C-A-S-T-S. Same on Instagram, but everywhere else, I think you can find me as just Dev Marta. I do YouTube and I don't really stream much on Twitch, but I have a Twitch uh, yes, and also just follow the the Rainbow Six ANZ across all social medias, including YouTube, because uh, I do content on that as well, which you'll see more of in the coming months as well, which is pretty exciting. 
Excellent. Yeah, I do hear you're the glue that holds Ubisoft Australia together. Oh, I don't, we definitely wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to see you. You're going ahead in leaps and bounds, and I can't wait to see you more on our screens because uh, when these VODs come up, so they're going to be more highlight format, or you, don't, you can't talk about that as yet? Uh, so for, for the YouTube channel, I really, I'm uh, the sky's the limit at the moment. I'm trying yep. all kinds of different stuff. I'm really passionate about ways to get uh, players who are less familiar with the game, understanding some of the complicated concepts and the big hurdles that, that there are in terms of the the, uh, the really steep skill, skill curve that Rainbow Six has. So teaching people about the game and teaching people about the esports scene are, are big priorities for me. So that on top of um, supporting the, the lower tier leagues, such as making uh, wrap-up videos for like the Summer Series one that was there and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, so... That kind of content i mean i'm not going to say specifics but yeah no hopefully stuff um, really soon is there any chance if challenger league's ever going to be able to get watched at any stage on any kind of video format so challenge league is uh, typically community cast uh yes usually on the r6anz channel so you can always oh, check okay, that over there yes okay, yeah yes. so twitch.tv slash r6 underscore anz is the community uh channel that's uh I've been helping run for a while. It's started by people like Monkey Fist. Is the, he's the guy in yes. charge of that stream. And uh, and Jeebus used to run R6ANZ as well. He's the ESL APAC community manager. So, um, yeah, that's that's the place to watch it for now. And yep. uh, yeah, hopefully down the line, CL can get a bit of more spotlight. But, yeah, we'll see how things go. That's cool. So, yeah, definitely check out Rainbow6ANZ. That's where all the content is on Twitter and Twitch at the moment and YouTube. So um, you can also catch me at Wilco Chill Zone on all the places uh, if you really, really want to. And Locked On does have two podcasts a week at the moment, which is the ESL Wrap-Up and the Tom Clancy Podcast. We're recording Mondays and Thursdays. So check them out on your local feed. Thank you again, Dev, for giving you my your time. Oh, thank you so much, Wilco. It was a real pleasure. Nah, it's all good, mate. It's all good. We'll get you on again in the future and we'll try and get some stuff happening between us down the track. I'll, we'll have a yes, grudge please. match one day on Rainbow <laughs> Six. Um, as good. long as we get some kind of handicaps to make I'll, us a little bit better. I'll use a controller. I'll be terrible. Trust me. You'll, you'll, you'll oh, sweet, destroy me. <laughs> I, I do want to see you using the mouse and Cthulhu using the keyboard like the oh, Walker yes. mag. <laughs> we'll get that happening one time you're, you're in a uh, land somewhere. So that'll be gold. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you again for your time and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you all. Bye for now. Time to pack it up. My work is done. I'm, uh, I'm drinking a cup of tea and having a cookie as well. So if you hear cookies, that's, that's because I'm enjoying some cookies.